Let's wrap up with the team on the brass from Carson Sestouli. This is Fangraphs Audio. My guest on this edition of Fangraphs Audio is a contributor to NBC's Hardball Talk and also proprietor of AaronGleeman.com. It is Aaron Gleeman, the Aaron Gleeman, live on tape. And what follows, Gleeman uh, discusses some hard truths uh, to which he's become privy uh, with regard to obesity, having himself been an obese person in the not very distant past. He relates how he caused... Um, circa $8,000 in damage to his Honda because he didn't particularly care to check um, whether or not his tire was flat. That's a true story. And finally, he relates to myself and to the public at large how uh, exactly how he responded to being kicked out of Hebrew school as a young man. I said, great. I've been trying to not come here for six years. We're on the same page here. This Fangrass Audio features Aaron Gleeman, and it begins right now. I'm recording already, just so you know. Okay. Yeah, but no, it uh, sounds good. No, you sound really good. Thank you. You sound good too, Carson. Hey, thanks. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't always work because sometimes uh, people don't have necessarily a great setup, but you sound, you don't have like a lot of uh, echo or anything like that. Uh, yeah, we'll see. You might get some uh, sound of Minneapolis because I am uh, a lot of ambulance driving by now where I live. It's pretty exciting. Um, and wait, because wait, you live in – so. Uh, uh, whoa, let me tell you some things. Aaron Gleeman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You ready? I'm ready. I I normally I'm a little bit of uh, what you call an. A- you know that? In the <laughs> yeah, sense, do, do you know, know what I mean? That. Yeah, yeah. In the sense that sometimes I like I'll start an episode like this, and I and I, I I'm under the impression that I'm just that I don't need to prepare necessarily. That I'll just let my talent my talent will overwhelm the people. Your God-given ability. Yeah, but that's not true. But it's just a, something I will tell myself, so that I can, so that I, um, I could perhaps uh, not worry about pre- preparation. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do the same thing. Yeah, okay, right. But look, at, in this particular instance, what I have realized is that I have real things I need to ask you about that I want to ask you about. You have information that I think is specific to Aaron Gleeman, and I want to extract it from you. Uh, okay, extract away, Carson. Yeah, I know, but but and so if I ask something, I think that you and I, um, I think we are uh, we understand each other, even if you know we we haven't spent, you know we haven't spent a lot of time together, but I think we have an understanding. Isn't that true? Uh, yeah, we have a uh, yes, we are like-minded uh, a holes. Okay, say. yeah, for sure. And I and I would beg you to, um, if I ask you a question you don't want to answer, I would beg you to make it clear that you don't that you don't want to. Imagine that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, right. I, I dare you to find a question I did not want to answer. Okay. Well, okay. let let let's. This is you're, you're fine with this, but you seem to have. I think that you've moved recently from because you you have had the um, you've been in the past. You seem to have been a misanthrope at some level. Uh. Yeah. But, a long time. Yeah, and you you were you were a homebody and you were quite insular and isolated. Uh, on by design, but you, I think you've moved downtown into a more urbane area of Minneapolis. Is that right? Uh, I have officially moved. It's called Uptown, uh, but it's not. It's geographically a misleading uh, name for a city. But yeah, it's right by. It's like uh, I don't know, eight minutes from downtown Minneapolis. Okay, right. And but this is like, and maybe there are there are the sort of things, some of the trappings of sophisticated living there, like maybe bars and cafes, this sort of thing. Yes, and I'm also, I would say, probably the oldest person within like a uh, five mile radius. And you're, but you're not that old either. I don't even. Are you thirty yet? Even? Uh, I am thirty-one years old, Carson. Okay, all right, you're thirty-one. That's pretty old. Yeah, it's fine. But so it's a twenty-something neighborhood. Yeah, it is for the most part. Yeah. Okay, but do you, um, now what was your? You were living in like a proper house before, isn't that right? Yeah, I still. I just rented it out actually uh, as of. Like uh, 12 hours ago, officially. Okay. Uh, yeah, I s- lived in a, a townhouse in a place called Minnetonka, Minnesota, uh, which is like, uh, you know, real suburban. I was like the youngest person there. Uh, it was like a lot of, uh, you know, middle-aged couples walking their dogs and uh, zero noise and not much to do. And But it, but you did not necessarily – that did you didn't seem to totally dislike that arrangement at the time. 
Yeah, I mean, I moved. That's uh, I bought the place when I was like 23. I moved out of my mom's house right after college and moved into there. And at the time, I was like, yeah, well, it, you know, she lived by there, so I knew the neighborhood a little bit. And I was like, you know, it's quiet, and I like the house, and uh, I never leave the house anyway. So what's it matter where I live? And then at some point, uh, you know, eight years later, I was like, yeah, maybe leave the house, you know, a couple more, times. Than once a, more than once a month or something. But you, so you, that's what you're doing now, though. Uh, yeah, boy, am I, Carson. Yeah, well, so how do you feel about this change in your life and your your emphases? Uh, I feel good, although I will say that, like, uh, you know, I'm pretty happy with it. But I don't know that, uh, you know, five years ago I would have been happy with it. So I don't think it's as easy as saying, like, oh, I should have done this, you know, eight years ago. I should never have moved to Minnetonka. Because I think if uh, me from eight years ago were to move to uh, where I am now, I think he'd... Uh, well, he probably would just be paying double to not leave the house, basically. Why did that? Why did why did that guy not leave the house? Uh, well, he was kind of a fat ass, and he was kind of shy, and he uh, liked to, you know, write about the twins all day long. And uh, I don't know, he was just kind of a. Hello, Gleeman. <sighs> Great, thanks a lot, Coles. What do you think now? Oh, it's looking, yeah. It works? Yeah, well, for now. Uh, okay. Let's not expect miracles. No. Well, I mean, this is the first time you've done this, right? So. <laughs> cram your face. <laughs> you know. Cram your cram it in your face. Um, wait, so you were saying when you were rude. Wait, did, did, it record, did it record your side for any of that we were talking about? Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, it was working fine. We were dealing with two problems, Gleeman. We were dealing with the one hand just that this does cut out sometimes, which you probably already know. I know you listen to occasionally to the podcast. Yeah, I do, yeah. And secondly, so you get to be part of it. I mean, it's a that big must thrill, be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you give, the, you give me like the full experience of you know yeah. getting audio problems. Yeah, okay. I get it. It's the, I did it for your benefit. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Yeah, and then the other thing that happens sometimes for reasons unknown that have less to do with France and more just to do with um, the peculiarities either of a call burner, which is the recording software I use, or Skype. Um, it will just record one side of the conversation. Uh, does it choose – I would say it chose the better side. To the do more it. charming, yeah. It, it will go for the more charming. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, credit – give it credit there. Credit where credit is due and all that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wait. But now, but now better than ever. Gleeman. Yeah? That guy. I'm talking. I'm interested in this guy from a couple years ago. The Aaron yeah. Gleeman from five years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah, we. I guess you never met him, really. No, I didn't. But, but, okay, so I know that a couple things have happened, right? Yeah. I know that you've grown, that you've, that you've, you're five years older now. Yeah, that's true. That's manifestly the case. <laughs> and, I also, and you're like 150 pounds lighter or something. Uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Something right. like that. So let me ask you a question, and and is is the guy who is is the Aaron Gleeman of present day is he more outgoing? Is wait is did did you lose did you make it a, um, a priority to lose weight because you were like because you were sort of like shaken out of your your stupor and decided to join the world, or did you or did, was it easier for you to join the world because uh, whether we like it or not. Um, life for people who are physically fit is different than for people who are not. Yeah, I think it was actually. This makes uh, you know obese people sad to hear this, but I actually think it was more. Uh, let me. Well, I just sort of lost the weight because I was like, "This is just pathetic. I'm going to do this at some point before I die from that." But it's absolutely true that it is so much easier. Whether it's, you know, a self-fulfilling thing with your confidence or whatever, or if it's just truly how people treat you, but it is so much easier to, uh, to be social when you're, you know, just relatively normal sized and looking rather than, uh, you know, 350 pounds or whatever, which is sad. It shouldn't be that way, but it's hard to not be that way. And did, think, you, did, you know, did you originally even, do it for health reasons or sort of for, um, I guess like, I was going to say vanity. I don't necessarily think it's vanity, but, but for cosmetic reasons, I guess. I guess a little of both. I mean, I don't know. It wasn't like I thought I was going to immediately die or something, but I thought 
you know, I had always tried to lose weight at various points with, you know, varying levels of success and all that. But, and at some point I was like, Jesus, I'm, you know, 28 or 29, I'm coming up on 30. I was like, if I'm going to do this, I got to do it. And then for whatever reason, it, it actually worked at that point. And then once you do that, uh, you, you know, go out a couple of times and you realize, wow, people, uh, you know, actually talk to me at a bar <laughs> and we, or, you know, people don't, you don't, or, you know, from my point of view, you don't always have to feel like you're kind of on the defensive. You don't always have to be making fat jokes. Uh, cause that was always my thing, you know, self-deprecating, which I still do, but now you can just, you know, pick different topics. Well, you, you have, I mean, the, the good thing is for yourself and for other people is you have enough weaknesses so that it, I mean, it, you sure you've lost a lot of weight, but there are so many other flaws. How dare you, Carson? How dare you? <laughs> but so you so what you've been able to do essentially though is essentially like you've been different so far as that is like you've conducted accidentally almost like a like a, a sociology experiment. Yeah, I, I definitely think yeah, maybe I should. I, should I mean, write. you'd be like how like it, to what to the degree that there are differences in which um, obese people versus I guess you would say like. Target, target, targetly weighted. I don't know. What, I don't know. What's the? What would you say? Like averagely weighted? Yeah, within the. Uh, yeah, because I'm I am hardly in you know amazing physical condition at this point. But I mean I'm within the, the uh, the realm of normal, I guess, or you know whatever. Well, you you're you're in a situ- you're in a situation now where like, you don't necessarily have you don't have like increased heart disease risk because of your weight. It might just be how you conduct yourself right. the rest of the time. Yeah. Mostly now I just have, I'm, I'm looking forward to like, you know, just liver problems basically. I also, here's a fun one. I, uh, I tore my ACL like three weeks ago. Oh, right. Uh, that I is, that is fun by the way. And I want because, because actually I want to talk about a number of accidents and frailties along the way because, uh, our friend Michael Bates has a kidney stone. Yeah, that's great. And, uh, yeah, I definitely want to treat that. So I've just put a, I put AC on the list. Kidney stone is also the list. And also the amount of damage you've caused with your car is also yes, yeah. It's kind of a lot, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a lot, yeah. All right, so those are all three. All those sorts of failures are on the list. Um, but but yeah, yeah. So the sociology experiment that you accidentally conducted. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a real thing. I mean, you know, it's hard to say because maybe I was uh, when I was obese. Maybe I was you know putting forth a person that was not uh gonna bring people in just in general setting aside the obesity maybe i was just you know miserable and uh you know not confident and all that stuff but i i absolutely think that a big part of it and, you know it shouldn't be that shocking i guess is that you know you go to a bar or restaurant or party or somewhere and uh people are less likely to just randomly start a conversation with somebody who looks uh let's say not normal or not within the you know, typical thing. And that's, you know, I guess sort of sad, but yeah, I'm absolutely convinced that that's the case. I mean, I was, I was just shocked. Like, uh, you know, if you get on an airplane or you are just, you know, walking around the number of people who will start conversation, you know, just random conversations with you is, you know, tenfold. If you're, you know, 190 pounds instead of 350 pounds, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Now I will, now I will say people don't, no, see, I am, I would say, uh, especially uh, relative to um, my brothers and sisters in the Middle West, uh, for, I mean, I mean, for example, I know that when I lived in Madison, uh, Michael Bates would constantly ridicule me for my size um, because uh, because he thought I was undersized. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. that's really, yeah. But you, could probably do, you could probably do something about that, Carson. I mean. Well, I could, but I could tell you that people don't. People don't randomly start conversations with me, and I would also say that um, that shaving and showering is also essential <laughs> to that e- equation. I was gonna, I was gonna bring that up, but I decided to be nice. No, you, know? you don't. Don't be. No, come on, Aaron Gleeman. Don't yeah. be nice. If there's one thing we don't have time for here, it's being nice. I would say you have a uh, what I would call a look. Uh, right. I would not say it's necessarily a cultivated look. Well. Yeah, we argue, we argued about this one time. Okay. We, you denied uh, hipster status, I believe. At well, one point. I well, just let, laughed and laughed and laughed. Let me get let me get close. Let me get no no. Let me address that. First of all, I don't know hipster status or not. What that that word is. No one ever self identifies as a hipster. Right. That's correct. That's yeah. a fact. And 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 on the 
flip side of that is it is almost always used as an insult. Oh, of course. Because hipsters generally are people who are regarded as those who um, – they're essentially parasites <laughs> who yeah. who who <laughs> yeah. are uh, – I mean it's typically white middle class or upper middle class, typically that. Yeah. And um, they are typically slumming it and they are also uh, – I mean like another part of hipsterdom is to latch onto – or to sort of to like raise to the level of high art, uh, they, they they turn the lowbrow and make it highbrow or attempt to I guess as part right. of it. Yeah, and there's and a lot of vanity that generally goes along with it because a lot of the expression of that is in appearance. Yeah, and yet you still deny this. Uh, I don't deny have, it by vanity. I don't have know. People, <laughs> people have the have the good listeners of this podcast gotten a good look at you. I don't know if you really post pictures and stuff for yourself. I mean, so I, I don't, I don't like to, I don't particularly care to post pictures of myself. Okay. Um, but uh, I mean, some of them have gotten, have gotten real up close look. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the, yeah. some of the sexier ones. Yeah. Listeners. Yeah. But well, uh, I have person sometimes. I really. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But uh, no, I don't think they. I don't think they have. Um, uh, yeah, no, but I, I mean, I know what you're saying, and I, uh, I understand. Of course, you know, if when, 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 I, when I'm walking down the street when I lived in Portland, Oregon, I feel as though, I mean, I felt like a, I felt like a dad in terms of cool, in terms, in terms of how cool I felt, um, because there's a lot of, uh, there are a lot of people who sort of pay attention to, who, who sort of cultivate their, their appearances there. Um, yeah, it is like I would say I the place I live now is probably like the hipster capital of Minnesota, mm-hmm. and uh, I am very much not a hipster. Not because I wouldn't, uh, just because I don't think I'm capable of uh, making that many, you know, fashion related choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm just you know some dumb button up shirt and you know a pair of Levi's or whatever. So yeah, I am I'm definitely in dad zone here. But that's you, you know, you're wearing maybe, Dockers now. You said. <laughs> pleated, only pleated dockers. Pleated, pleated, uh, pleated pants, pleated slacks are a, a funny thing, because I will say that I, I don't know if it's the case now, but you know, like when I used to shop during like my teens, at like uh, like maybe I'd go to a a Jordan Marsh. I don't know if you have Jordan Marsh where you are. Did you have Jordan Marsh? I don't think so. Let's go to J.C. Penney's for example. Yeah, oh boy, do we have J.C. Penney. Uh, Macy's maybe. Uh, yeah. Uh, department stores along those lines, and I would look for slacks. It was very difficult to find uh, plain front slacks. A lot of pleats. A lot of pleats around. Um, yeah. And if that's, you all, that's changed, I think. Huh? I think it has changed. That's true. And I think the thing is, if you are all, if you're, because I think apart from any sort of fashion um, reasons of fashion, I think that the uh, one of the objectives of pleats is to pr- to provide a slimming effect. And uh, if you have you know, I've grown. I've grown up. I've been on the slim side, and uh, you do not want to look slimmer. You want to look. You want to look wider. You want to look more masculine if you are a man. Yeah. Um, are you a man, Carson? Yeah, ba- yeah, barely. Technically, so, technically this okay. year, yes. Yeah. Okay. I've reached, I've reached full manhood. Yeah, you had your bar mitzvah this year, huh? Yeah, I did. Hey, uh, speaking. Oh wait, that's another thing I I need to extract from you. Okay. Uh, and again, we're going to get to all the the injuries and. Um, 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 yeah, we'll get to all that slowness once we finish with the. You but know, you've invoked you've invoked the, the uh, Jewish religion. I have, yeah. Yeah, I'll, and uh, we're currently in the middle of a Jewish high holiday as we record this. Yeah, yeah. And I was wondering, I'm wondering if you're participating. Uh, no, I'm doing the opposite of participating. You do an anti Passover. I uh, I'm, this year my goal for Passover was to a not go to Seder with the rest of my family. Okay. Uh, B Get Chinese food that night instead. Well, that's a little bit okay. Right, right. It's a, it, that's a, you're participating in a Jewish tradition by getting Chinese food. Yes, just a, just a, a more modern one. And then you know, last but certainly not least, my goal was to uh, find a blonde shiksa and kiss her. Oh, night. okay. How's that going? Well, when you know, we we accomplished some of our goals because there's a Chinese place right by here, so that went all right. Okay, that's easy enough. Yeah, uh, yeah. My family has sort of given up on me uh, in terms of Judaism. I would say they don't even really invite me to stuff anymore because I just never go. Okay, and is there uh, is there any? Because uh, I mean, obviously, an important part of that tradition is guilt, and I'm wondering if you've 
if you're immune to that or if you still experience that. I experience that just in day-to-day life, but in terms of guilt, uh, religion-based guilt, I am somehow immune to that. I don't know how, but that's the that's the one area I don't uh, experience guilt. And I and I, I'm assuming I don't know if she will listen to this one, but I believe she, your mother yeah. has listened to episodes of this before. I'm, I'm sure she will. Yeah. Uh, it, does she does she attempt to? Uh, does she? Attempt nah. to, Here's the uh, thing. Uh, she would like to think she's a you know good Jew, but she, yeah, she ain't much of a Jew at this point. <laughs> really, I mean that's what Jews. At some point, they just go to temple like two, two three times a year. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, just skip those two, three times and then just... And then you're nothing at that point. Well, I mean, you're something. You just freed your schedule up for all kinds of stuff at that point. Yeah. Now, I noticed uh, when I was... I've been I've been all sorts of Catholic. I've been one who went, well, at least every Sunday, one who went to just the big holidays and one who did, didn't go to church. And I actually would argue, and this might be the same case with Judaism, um, and going to the temple, going to church... On the big holidays like Christmas and Easter is actually – that's kind of like the worst time to go to church because a couple things happen. One, it's like you can't get a seat and then the other thing is um, they give you like a hard sell. Uh, They're like, oh, maybe consider coming on another day. That's not the only day that you come every year. And whereas like if you go just like on a normal Sunday or better yet, like on a Wednesday – you know, and you're just there like Wednesday afternoon mass. That's great because it's only like 25 minutes as opposed to when you go for Easter and it's like, you know, it's over an hour and you're just like, oh my God. And, um, and, and, and they're, te- they're really trying to sell you and it's, and the people, you know, it's good to just go to the, the low. I would, I would actually like to be an inverted if I were going to, you know, really pursue it again. I would invert, stay away on the big holidays. Only go like middle of the week. No one cares. Well, plus it's also it's kind of like if you just go on the big ones, it's kind of like being a bandwagon sports fan. It's like, yeah, like if I just stopped going to Twins games for these last you know three four miserable seasons, and yeah. I just you know in twenty you know twenty two they make the playoffs and I show up and I'm like here I am I'm I'm the world's biggest Twins fan. I got uh, you know fifth row behind the dugout. Here I am. Yeah. Somebody should be like, well, how many games have we been to for the last you know fifteen years when they were not so good? Right. And it's like, yeah. I mean, so I just say my my point I guess would be just don't go to any Twins games. Don't go to the playoff games. <laughs> don't go to yeah. Well, that's probably uh, sound uh, advice. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's true too. Like when I went, I mean, so that's like I know like I went to one church where there are like these Fili- or like a couple of Filipino women who were really serious about. Catholicism, and they'd go every day. And I, I can, I'm a, I bet that occasionally during those, you know, during like an Easter mass, they'd look around and say, "Hey, hey, where were you guys? You know what I mean? Where were you during a regu- during ordinary time, during the fifth week of ordinary time? You know? Well, plus, like, you don't know where, you know, like, the when and where to stand or what to, you know, like, you don't even know what goes on at these, you know, things. So then now, you, you in a t- in temple, do you do? Do you, do you genuflect and then do you stand and sit and all, everything? Yeah. Oh God, do we? Yeah. Really? You got you got how many modes? Do you lie down? Do you have any other postures? I you? do. I lie down a lot. But. <laughs> In a Catholic church, you do mostly sitting, but then you do some kneeling, and then you also do standing. Or do you assume all three of those positions in a Jewish temple? No, we don't do kneeling. We do a lot of sitting. You know, the occasional get up for a certain thing and then sit back down. And then there's also a thing where you like kind of like bob back and forth while standing. Like I think it's called like davening or something like that where okay. it's like it's like uh, souped up standing. It's like we're standing and we're this one's like a real emotional one. So we're going to like rock back and forth. There's like a swaying – like a swaying situation? Yeah, but like front to back swaying. It's not front, side to side. It's like front, front to back. Yeah, it's like – Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun, Carson. You should maybe take up Judaism. I've always said you're almost – a Jew. Just I would love to be. I would love yeah. to be. I would love to be. I think we've talked about this before on a podcast. Actually. Yeah, well, that's fine. I don't mind. And actually, you know, this was reaffirmed for me. I think you know Michael Bauman maybe. Do you know Michael Bauman? I certainly know of him, yes. Yeah, okay, sure. Uh, MJ Bauman or MJ underscore Bauman on Twitter. I follow him on Twitter. Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, now he, I, I got to know him a little bit in, um, in Madison. He was there when I was there. And I noticed on his Twitter account he has a – he has a reference to a Bible passage, Ecclesiastes 4, a reference to Ecclesiastes 4. I don't know if you're familiar with Ecclesiastes. <laughs> I'm not, no. Yeah, okay. Well, that's a, that's part of uh, the Torah there. 
Okay. Okay. And uh, it's one of uh, I forget it's it's not it, it's in the it's a part of the wisdom books. There's some you know they got some wisdom there. Anyway, I think you would like it. I think if you were going to choose one book of the Torah, because the, he this is how the guy starts off say, writing. He says life is meaningless, and then he doesn't stop saying that. <laughs> he's like, oh, life is meaningless. He's like, what do you do? And he's like, I was the king. I was the richest and the wisest person in all the land. And guess what I realized is that I was going to die just like the poorest person. And he's <laughs> like, and that is just what you learn. And he doesn't really – there's not like a message after that where it's like, and therefore embrace the Lord. I mean he does say that sort of, but mostly he's like he, – he says this verbatim. He says, so just enjoy drinking and eating because you're going to die someday. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I like this. You don't see people hold up signs for that uh, quote at, like, uh, you know, wrestling events and stuff. As no, much as- I think you're going to like this Ecclesiastes. I'm going to I'm gonna invite you when we're done at some point. Just read the first book. It's only, like, 15 lines or 20 lines. The first chapter of Ecclesiastes. I think you might like him. Yeah, uh, well, I, I certainly agree with a lot of his points that he's made. So, yes, he believes that life – that human human life is full <laughs> of vanity – uh, and it is futile, futile. He thinks that you should eat and drink, and uh, he thinks that uh, you could be rich or poor. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I agree. You need some money to really do some really good eating and drinking, but beyond that – Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. He probably – he would have probably also – he's very realistic, this guy. He's probably He probably would not condone absolute poverty. Yeah, right. Or, or he would not argue for it. He'd probably say like, well, keep some – yeah, because I mean, if you're absolute poverty, you're probably buying like rail whiskey at that point. And that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's embarrassing. I think he would. I think he would argue that. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Just that's just gross. Literally the eleventh, the eleventh commandment. Thou shalt not, not drink rail whiskey. Drink rail whiskey. Yeah. It's embarrassing. He would. He I might like that. say that. Yeah, but he do, He. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it, interesting. Interesting book there. I think maybe. So there's some. There are some. There's some dispute as to the date. Of authorship, but sometime between the fifth and first century, or fifth and second century BC, I think. So hmm. I'm just saying, if you're looking to, even you don't even have to rekindle your, your, uh, your you know, your Jewish, uh, Jewish uh, roots or whatever. You just, you just go visit, take a, take a visit to Ecclesiastes. It's short too, the whole book, pretty short. Yeah, I like uh, that. Was that's a big problem about religion? How it's there's a lot of it. Oh, it's big. Well, I think it so, has to be pretty big because uh, it's got to be like it's got to be it's got to explain the universe generally, you know. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it has to be big enough so that you can meet like at least once a week till you know till you <laughs> die. So you gotta have some. You gotta have some material with which to deal. Yeah, my, I just want to like you know we'll meet once and just read it all and then we'll know it and then. Everyone yeah. just go off and you yeah. know have fun. Have fun. Just go go. Uh, yeah. Well, that's maybe why you're not being called upon to be like a church elder or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone is anyone knocking down your door for to that end. No. In fact, they uh, they booted me out of uh, Hebrew school actually. Yeah. Oh, you got kicked out? Yeah, I got expelled. You got ex- well? How'd you do that? Uh, well, they somehow were like convinced by my mom or something to let me stay in there until my bar mitzvah was over. And so literally the Monday after my bar mitzvah, which was like on a, you know, Friday, Saturday, they, uh, I was behaving as I normally behave, which I'm sure was, you know, disgustingly bad, but no different than the other, you know, past six years or whatever. Okay. And then finally they were like, well, there's really no reason for you to stay because you did that stupid bar mitzvah. <laughs> uh, mom, your mom can't complain to us about that now. You got yeah. that out of the way. That was, you know, 36 hours ago. So stay so, out of our lives. Yeah, they were like, why don't you leave now? And then and you, was, what did you say? I said, great. I've been trying to not come here for six years. <laughs> so this, I said, we're on the same page here. I yeah. Mean, so everyone everyone benefits once again. Yeah, my my, my family was thrilled. Now, when you uh, – let me ask you this question. During Passover of years past, uh, were you ever asked to hide the matzah? I, w- I was often asked to uh, to look for the, the – uh, Oh, no, the you're right. No, someone else the hides it and you – someone else hides it and you find it. Right, and you win uh, cash prizes. Well, okay, so the way it's actually written, I think, is um, – is that you're you're actually invited? You have to bargain. You because you find it and you bargain 
that you haggle, you essentially haggle, <laughs> you sell it back to the adults. Yeah, the problem though is if you start in with that with a large group of Jews, it just it will never end. But that it's the Jews who start who start. This is a tradition. Yeah, but they I don't they they weren't they didn't know what would go on. Like I mean, you get my family together and you tell them they're going to bargain over something. It would that, it'd take all day, you think? Yeah, you're you're getting into you know you're you're running into other holidays at that point just because it goes so much. <laughs> to second Passover. Yeah. In the middle of May, maybe I don't know. Like super passed over. Pass over the deuce. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, um, let's talk about. Let's talk about. Let's let's use that as a segue. This is a pro, a professional segue that you're witnessing yeah, right here. Yeah. What? Um, you you bought a car. Yeah. A couple. Uh, let's see. I bought it in uh, February of uh, 2013. Wait. No. Well, two years ago. I don't know however long ago that is. Two years ago. Yeah. That's not 2013. No, that's 2012. You're right. But did you really buy it in 2012? Uh, yeah. What model year is it? Tw- uh, brand new. 2012. A 2012 Honda Fit you own. Yeah. Okay. Now, did you? Let me ask you this first. Did you? Did you? Did you bargain? Did you haggle over the price? No, I tried to. I walked in and I said, uh, you know, I had all done my research online because I. I was not quite in uh, leave the house mode at that point, so I was doing a lot of uh, research online. And I walked in and I said, "I uh, I'm pretty interested in buying one of these. What sort of uh, what sort of deals you guys got, you guys got going? You guys got any deals? Did you say you guys got any deals in here somewhere? Yeah. And they said, uh, actually, this car is so popular. Oh yeah. We are charging uh, I forget what it was. You know, four hundred dollars over suggested price or something like that. And then you replied by saying. Uh, I said I'll take it because <laughs> I'm so anti-religion that I just wanted to go against every stereotype of my religion. And right. I just said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Charge me extra. Here's here's cash money for it. And do you have a sandwich with mayonnaise on it that I could have? <laughs> do you have Is any it... pork and milk I could eat? <laughs> yeah. Could you could you do that yeah. for me? Yeah. Could you please? Um. The, so okay. So well, because it is what it is a popular car. Or well, I don't know if it is. It was at this at, back then, way back when. Yeah, well, so I've been in uh, car buying mode. I'm in car buying mode. Well, right now I'm in researching mode because I'm, I'm in a different country presently, so I can't buy a car in the States because I'm here in France. Yeah, researching mode was kind of fun, though, I thought. So you did a bunch of research? Yeah. And how well, did you come upon the fit? Well, I what decided you- I wanted uh, a smaller car and one that got good uh, you know, mileage, not because I care about the environment, just because I'm cheap. Yeah. Um, so I'm not that anti-cliche, uh, but uh, and I decided that the because you know I lost a bunch of weight, but I'm still a relatively tall human. Yeah. So I decided uh, I tried to find what is the smallest car that has the biggest uh, you know driver space basically, and the fit was good for that because it has relatively high ceiling and all that stuff, and uh, you know some of the other ones like I think you know whatever the Ford version of was kind of smaller, and uh, but you know other than that, it's also it was cheap. Uh, to buy a new one compared to you know mid-sized cars and all that, but I also thought I hate to uh, to I don't mind driving. I hate parking. I, I live in constant fear of uh, not being able to find a, a parking spot wherever I go. Are you not so a, necessarily I, a great parker? Uh, no, I'm not. Well, I'm I've gotten better, uh, but uh, yeah, when you live in the suburbs for like you know seven eight years, you don't have to do a whole lot of parallel parking, so you kind of lose that skill. Yeah. But so I thought I'll buy this Honda Fit. Because it's essentially the size of like a you know a small golf cart, and I'll be able to just parallel park this sucker wherever I go. So that played a part in it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know exactly why I chose it. But I I I don't know. I liked it. Uh, it depends where you're planning to drive it in terms of uh, weather. I think. Okay. Because uh, during the summer or the spring in Minnesota, where it is it is uh, lovely, you know, you're tooling around this tiny car, it gets good mileage. You're parallel parking it all over the place. Uh, it's pretty good. Then when it starts snowing, it is useless. Oh. It is uh, completely uh, unable to do anything. Oh. It gets, you get stuck in a very, uh, like, barely snow-covered area. And No, then, really? Yeah. I ha- I've had some incidents yeah, even uh, since my move where I was driving, like, two miles, basically, and got stuck uh, three times, and it wasn't even that much snow. Now, it's possible I'm just a terrible driver. That's also, I mean, I think we've... Yeah, that is a possibility. 
but it, it doesn't, it, the thing doesn't weigh, you know, it, it's so light that it, and also like, uh, there's no traction. It just like, it, it can't like grip anything. So you come up on any sort of ice or snow and it's just, it just kind of gives up. It's did just you, like, well, did you, would you ever fool around with snow tires? Is that a possibility for you? I think I'm either going to have to sell the car before, you know, next winter or get snow tires, I think. Oh, so, so it's to the point where, you would you would sell the car because you don't because you don't like that that quality of it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I would. Uh, I mean, if I had a lot of money, I'd have two cars. I'd drive this around the summer, then have some big giant truck for the winter. But yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm hoping because to where I moved, you can mostly walk everywhere, even during the winter. So I won't need it as much. But yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It's definitely stopped me from going places this winter. Huh. Just it was like. Uh, well, I could do this, but if I have to park on a side street or something and it snows while I'm, you know, wherever, and you come out and you're like, well, I guess I'm stuck here. So you had to, wow, all right, so you had to do that. And so it's not the greatest review, I guess, but it depends. Uh, well, are you gonna are you moving back to uh, Wisconsin after France, or what are you doing? We're moving to New Hampshire. Ooh, okay. Well, we're uh, yes, my wife got a job at a uh, at a school there where she will teach French. Yeah, that's exciting. But what's the uh, what's the snow situation in New Hampshire? It does snow there, right? It does. Yes, absolutely. It does. It is not. I will say that I would I would say I would guess on average, the um, I would say probably winter starts a tiny bit later, and uh, spring starts a little bit earlier than in than in Minneapolis. I can't. I I don't have any sort of averages or data in front of me to to prove that, but I would guess that. I will also say this was like I think like literally the coldest worst winter we've ever had here in Minnesota. It was like I forget how many sub zero days, but it was like you know four hundred of them or something. So it might be a little misleading that way. And also, people listening to this probably are saying, "Well, why wouldn't this idiot just get snow tires to begin with?" Yeah, why wouldn't he? Is a fair point. And maybe uh, had I gotten snow tires, my uh, my review would be less. Uh, so what do you got parking under your building or something? I do, yeah. I've heated underground parking. Park. Oh my god, you like that's like a real adult thing. That's like city living adult yeah. thing. It's pretty great. It's uh. So you just you just take an elevator or walk down the stairs. Yeah, and I have by far the because uh, it's like sort of a relatively nice, you know, sort of condo building. I have by far the the worst and probably only not good car in the whole lot or really? in the whole you know, yeah, which is sort of. To me, it was kind of reassuring. It was like I'd much rather uh, live in a place where everyone had much nicer cars than me. Right. Well, that's um, that's always a good way. Like, also, if you're in a city where you think that uh, auto theft might be, might be a, 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 yeah. a problem, then you it doesn't sound like yours. Like, if if um, stealers if they snuck into your garage, it doesn't sound like yours would be the first car they take. Imagine. Your life has gotten to the point where, like, I'm going to go around and steal cars, mm-hmm. but what I'm going to steal is uh, Honda Fits. Honda Fits. That's going to be my – you don't even really need to break in and start. You can just push it wherever you want to take it. Well, I think that some in some cases it does make sense to steal certain cars based not on their prestige but based off of, like, how easy it is to find parts or something for them, in which case Honda Hondas might be – that's but true. I, I don't yeah. know the I don't, ultimately though I don't know which ones are most popular for that. Yeah, because I think I read something where like they were stealing Toyota Camrys a lot. I think Toyota Camrys uh, yes has been a if you're living in a place where cars are stolen, that might be one that's stolen. Yeah, you know what? If anybody's listening to this, st- go ahead, steal it. I hope somebody steals my car. You do? Yeah. Why not? Just for the story? Yeah. Well, good story. You get insurance on that. Buy a new car. Buy a new car. Now wait, you have. You mentioned just offhand that I would like it to be less than offhand. I would like it to be all over your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow you caused thousands of dollars of damage to your car. Yeah, I did. And this I'm was... I'm excited to hear about it. As long as you're okay. Were you okay? Uh, yeah. Okay. I want to hear more about it then. Okay, so this was like, uh, boy, when was it? Is it maybe... your Honda Fit, by the way? Yeah, this is my Honda Fit. This was maybe six months ago, before, right before winter. So we're talking maybe uh, October. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, and I, uh, I hadn't moved yet, so I would, but I would make the trek to uh, basically my current location a couple times a week to hang out with people. And uh, one night, I got in my car to go home, and 
I pulled out of a driveway and I heard like, uh, you know, a little rattle in the tire, a little, you know, something didn't sound great, whatever. And I thought, hmm, I wonder if, uh, you know, I lost some air in the tire or something. But I thought, oh, it's very cold outside and uh, I don't necessarily know how to change a tire real well because I'm Jewish, as we talked about. I don't uh, know if you can blame the entire <laughs> faith on that particular f- flaw. Possible, although I would say we are below average in tire changing ability just as a people. Okay, all right. I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't seen any data to that effect, but I'm willing yeah. to accept this anecdotal oh, God. I hope I hope somebody can find us a study on that. That would be amazing. <laughs> okay, go so, ahead. Uh, like a real, like a, some paper somebody did. Uh, but yeah, so I, uh, started driving home and, uh, then the noises got much louder and, uh, like, uh, the handling of the car was, uh, not good. And it got to the point where, like, I could barely get it to stop at a stop sign because, like, there was no ability to, like, get traction with the tires or anything. So wait, are you just, I, now are you ignoring it? Are you ignoring it up to this point? Just be like, Go like I hope it goes away. Is that the idea? I started like that. It start, well, it started as eh, it's probably not a big deal. And okay, then because it frequently it's not because your mind can right. your mind can invent things that sort of thing. And then I thought, uh, you know, a couple minutes later, I thought, well, it's something. Uh, let's just pretend this isn't happening. <laughs> and then about five minutes after that, I thought, well, this is uh, not good at all. But let's just try to get it uh, in my garage and take a look at it. Instead of stopping on the side of this, you know, whatever street. Uh, and then it, uh, became almost undrivable, at which point a normal person would have definitely pulled over and done whatever. And I just thought, well, now I'm only five miles from home. So it can definitely make it five miles because we've already made it, you know, eight miles. Right. Uh, and then, so I pull in my, uh, pull in my driveway and my, so you did it. You did five miles. I got it home. You got it home. Uh, I pull into the driveway of my lovely uh, townhouse, townhome uh, community, lovely, quiet, uh, middle-aged, all that stuff. And I looked, I pulled it in the garage and I got out of the car and it, it, there was a incredible, terrible smell. Mm. And I thought, like, can you describe what the smell? It was like, uh, well, <laughs> I would describe it as burnt metal, but that kind of gives away the story. Okay, but I'm, all right, fine. So uh-huh. but, but like a metal, like a metallic yeah. Like a burning metallic. And so then I looked at the uh, front uh, right tire, oh. and there wasn't one. Oh, man. And not only wasn't there a tire, there was no, I guess you would call it an axle or whatever. There okay. was no, there was no any, there was no even the thing you attached the tire to. It was gone. Because it had uh, scraped and melted and melted off, basically. <laughs> Because I had driven on it for, uh, you know, 13, 14 miles. You had nothing left. Now, wh- how was the, the left side was fine, though? Yeah. Are the they generally side... attached somehow? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I don't know. But aren't they attached? I'm going to say the left side wasn't great. <laughs> the left side had felt better. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's all relative. So largely the there. Largely there, though. was looking amazing. So then I uh, – <laughs> I thought, well, there's nothing I can do about it right now. Mm-hmm. So I went to sleep, closed the garage door. Oh, you say you cl- closed up shop for the for the night? Yeah, yeah, it was late. It was you dark. To, you had to emails to send to Craig Calcaterra, one imagines. Yeah. yeah, we had a big conference call to okay to chat hardball talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I uh, woke up in the morning, and I remember the first thought in my head was something is bad with your car. And I thought, okay. Uh, I just want to be very clear here. I was not uh, intoxicated because it's going to sound like I was. I just want to make it clear. I, this is just how stupid I am. This is just, it's all – yeah, it's just a level of – This was not like uh, I hopped in the car and crashed into a sign and then you know went through somebody's living room and then came out of it and my tire was all screwed up. This well, is just me getting into a car, driving home. Just like, like a, a dummy, idiot. just a dummy allowed to drive a car. Just a real idiot. So I and wait. So to- is this like now? If we're looking at the car, I, I, I assume you've seen, maybe haven't. I assume though you've seen uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Have you seen that film? I have. I just watched it like two weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know how he drives his what his Lamborghini or whatever home. Yes. Like, yes. How, now your car uh, at this point is this looking better, or worse, or? I was on fewer pills at the time. Yeah. Right. Uh, slightly. 
but it was uh no there it wasn't totaled it was just front right was just a complete disaster area the rest of the car i didn't actually you know i didn't run into anything i didn't scrape anything you know the side of the car or anything like that yeah I actually all things considered i drove i would say amazingly well right you yeah that, you were driving you were handicapped i would say i'm one of the foremost three-wheel car drivers in the country now at this point okay uh, but so, yeah, then I looked, uh, I opened the garage, here's, okay, so I, I opened the garage door, yeah, I would say, you know, it's like 9.30, 10 a.m. on like a, I don't know, probably Sunday morning or something, and I see like a bunch of feet uh, standing in my driveway. Oh. That's not good, and the garage door opens up, and it's just all my neighbors <laughs> um, pointing at the the driveway and like the path up to the driveway from the street, because it turns out. Uh, there were huge, like, divots taken out of the driveway. Like, there were these huge, like, very deep lines where you could tell, let's say, for instance, someone were to drive uh, with no tire on, uh, you know, a driveway. Just uh, spitballing. Like, you just spitballing. Yeah. Just in theory, it looked like that. I, who, could, who can say for sure what it was? But, yeah. Uh, and they were pointing, and I remember I just closed the garage door. <laughs> it opened. I saw the feet. I saw the pointing, and I looked at them, and I just closed the garage door. I yeah. thought, this is not something I'm going to deal with. But the problem uh, is... It drew, like, the lines went from the street up the driveway, curved, and then go right into my garage. It's not, there was no big mystery as to where the, you know, the whereabouts of this car that took huge divots out of the road were because it just leads right into my, now, into my garage. Did you actually break, I mean, did you, did you actually break city property essentially? I mean. I did. And in fact, if you go, uh, well, people in Minnesota, if you go down Excelsior Boulevard, which is the thing I drove on for about 10 miles, uh, you could actually see uh, at some point where my car uh, started having problems because it just took big chunks out of the road. So, uh, what, so what happened to the part of your car that was missing? Well, so I call a uh, call a tow over, and the guy shows up with his truck, and he says, you know, what happened? And I, and I said, yeah, I'll take a look. You tell me. <laughs> and he, he he props, you know, he props it up on the thing, gets it up. Uh, and he he looked at it, and I have never seen a human being laugh harder or longer <laughs> than this guy when he propped it up and looked underneath the car to see what was happening. Because, I mean, it was just a disaster. He could obviously tell what had happened. And then uh, beyond that, uh, the t- like two-thirds of the tire was stuck underneath the car. I guess it had stripped itself and then, like, went, gone under the car and gotten stuck in something. Uh, so he... Uh, yeah, it was real. It was a lot of fun. And then so, but okay, so he tows it to the uh, the Honda dealership, and they say, I, my, I say to him, Hey, you know, if this is cheap enough, let's let's I'll just pay for it. Don't even you Don't know insurance wise, yeah. yeah, whatever. And they yeah, said, what Okay, are you, what are you thinking? What are you thinking cheap enough? Like, what's your range there? I don't know. We're talking five hundred bucks, okay. seven hundred fifty bucks, something like that. You know, yeah, kind of want to yeah. raise my monthly costs. So they say, okay, well, we, you know, we'll take a look at it and we'll let you know. Did they tell and you I, they'd keep you abreast of the situation? Yeah, yeah, they did. I think that's exactly what they said. Yeah, we'll and keep you abreast. Yeah. I chuckled at that because you know, breast yeah. isn't it? I mean, uh, and then about two hours later, <laughs> the guy called me and he said, uh, "Yeah, do you still want to not report this to insurance?" And I said, "Well, what's the what's the status?" And he said, well, we're still, our guys are still looking it over, so we're not, we don't have any official count yet, but we're up to $6,500 in, uh, in current estimate. Mm. And I thought, uh, I don't have $6,500, so yeah, I guess we're reporting it to the insurance. And then they called back later and they said, yep, we're up to, uh, 7200 we're up to 7800 we're up to, yeah, so it was, uh, took them, I would say, two and a half weeks to fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the final tally was like eight grand. Oh my. Uh, and the car, it should be said, is was maybe worth, uh, and this uh, you know was only a year old, but it maybe worth uh, twelve thousand dollars at that point. Okay, so you you just basically bought like two thirds of a car. Yeah, of a yeah, a car that, as we've discussed, is not the greatest car to begin with. Do you think it's uh, not the great? I mean, I hear good. I'm just saying, I hear good reviews. About it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so they rebuilt it. I should say the uh, Honda dealership in uh, in Hopkins, Minnesota, did a a fantastic job. And were mostly uh, not that judgy of me when I came in to pick it up. They gave me a few weird looks. Uh, they they did say when I first walked in the door, and I told them the guy did say, "Oh, you're the guy." Yeah, but okay, a couple 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 questions. Was it, was the car not so under warranty at this point? 
uh, it, I guess it was not under warranty. Hmm, that's a good question. No, I guess it wasn't under the, the standard warranty. So I just, but I just ended up having to pay my deductible. Uh, sure. Which is the beautiful thing about insurance. So for all that fun that I had, it was only, I think, 500 bucks plus the tow or something like that. Yeah, sure. Okay. That, uh, so I don't necessarily understand why it wasn't under warranty, but that I, I'm never going to and you don't seem to, so we'll pass on that. Yeah. But the second thing is, the second thing is, did you ever find out what happened? Like, you tie, what, your wheel just fell off? Uh, I never, can never know for sure, but I would suspect it had a, uh, it was either flat already or, you know, within a minute or two of me pulling out of somebody's driveway, I, it became a, you know, hit a nail or something or, and then it just, uh, you know, when you drive on it, it just stripped off, flew underneath the car, got stuck, and then some idiot drove on, you know, with no tire for, for, uh, well, I would say five miles and then it became, I would guess, was driving on literally nothing on that and on that side. So like if, if you were gonna like put a na- like you said some idiot like if you were just like put a name on that. Yeah, I would call him. Uh, I don't know, Aaron G or okay. A Gleeman, something like that. Just yeah, keep like it. That. Keep it. You want to keep it mostly anonymous. Yeah. Because uh, you know this is on the internet now forever. Yeah. Hey, wait. Uh, I just want to do a brief pause because uh, my wife, who is a saint. No, no, no. She. Uh, She's preparing dinner. What? What? How long? How much longer do you think? Really? Oh man, we have so, we have a lot more. Well, no, I want to eat dinner. I, I mean, Green and Gleeman, I love talking to you, but I also want to eat dinner at some point. Oh sure. It, it's getting pretty close to ready, but um. What are you having? We're doing. This is a great meal we have here. We have salmon, just sim- simply prepared, just heated up in the oven. And then we have that alongside some um, sautéed spinach and rice. Just simple, delicious. Yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds pretty decent. It's good. It's good. It's healthy. It's delicious. I mean, what else yeah. are you looking for out of a meal? Yeah, I mean, she could do a little better in terms of fattening you, fattening you up, as we discussed earlier. But no, uh, I don't need that. I really don't need that. I trust uh, trust me, Aaron Gleeman. Okay, Aaron Gleeman. There's a lot of things we haven't talked about. We haven't talked about your torn ACL. Right. We uh, we have not talked about. Michael Bates, who our mutual friend Michael Bates' kidney stone. I mean, friend is a strong word. You're right. Mutual guy we we know. Right. We have not talked about uh, Yosmil or Yosmil Pinto. Yeah, although we've talked so much baseball so far, I feel like to dive back <laughs> into more baseball would just be a mistake. Would be difficult. Here's the thing, though, Carson. You know, you could have me on again. We don't have to talk for eight hours this time. Okay, all right. Well, then we have to, we got some good stories. I got the story of your car. I, I did not know. Listen, let, how about this? If between now and the next time we talk, mm-hmm. you have a story in the shoot, <laughs> like that Honda Fit story, yeah, you just shush me immediately and you say listen there's a there's some we have this this is a priority okay i mean because, we did get a lot of good you know pleated pants we talked about the religion is a, i would say a constant for us we hit a lot of important things i didn't want to jump in you know i'm i'm just a guest carson no but 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 i don't know i don't know i don't know always where to begin i mean i think we did a good i think we've done a good job here but i'm just saying next time if you have that in the chamber, as it were, in any one of your 36 chambers, if just to put a number on. Uh huh. <laughs> if you, uh, you, that's how many you have, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah okay. I think last I checked. Yeah. Um. Uh, you need to you need to say something. That's a, that that story is great because it really it really paints you. It's 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 sort of uh, idiocy. Yeah. Capital letters writ large, if just from start to finish. Yeah, that's what oh. people. That's what people are looking for. Uh, it is. Uh, yeah, it's one of my you know better stories. I would say it's a good story. Yeah, because you think about it. Though, what's I'm that? surprised that that your uh, your pre-interview team did <laughs> not uh, uncover that. In terms of you know when they hand you the note card, yeah, of what to talk about. Uh, you know, so you may want to consider. Good I don't want to say firing them, but you know, restructuring the way you run that operation. I tell you. I'm glad you brought it up. I haven't been happy with it myself. Yeah. You know, I felt a little bit at a loss for subject matter when I've started others, other conversations. Yeah. And I'm thinking it's time to 
have well, a conversation with that pre-interview team that you mentioned. Here, here's the thing. Yeah. The uh, Letterman's team is going to be available soon. That's a good point. So if you just want to swoop in and take that whole staff, yeah, uh, you know, they, they're probably willing to take some level of pay cut just because, you know, everyone knows Letterman was at the top of the field and all that. And to, to keep going, they're going to have to take some pay cut. Okay. Well, listen, so I'm going to go because I have a delicious meal waiting for me. But before I do, mm-hmm. could, could you give me one to two sentences on the following topics? Okay. Are you ready? This is lightning yeah. round, essentially. Let's do it. Okay. Um, your torn ACL. Uh, yeah, I was uh, walking from one bar to another bar. I slipped on the ice, uh, tore the uh, the old ACL. Uh, I didn't think I did anything that bad to it, so I waited three weeks to go into the doctor, much like I waited to uh, get my car in the garage before I looked at the tire. Uh, I actually very similar now that I think about it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, not, so I went like three days ago finally, and they said, "Yep, torn ACL." And now, so do now you have car- do you have a procedure lined up? Well, I'm trying to decide uh, if I can make it through the summer and then have the uh, the, the surgery, or if I need to do it now because you're sort of you're out of commission for like a month, uh-huh. which kind of would defeat the purpose of me moving here. That's a good point. All right, second thing that uh, get better. That's what I want to say to that. Oh, thanks, buddy. No, no, get better. I, I I hope it works out for you, and you'll make the smart decision. I'm not entirely convinced. Okay. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah. Second thing, Michael Bates's kidney stone. Go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's relatively funny to hear about. Uh, if it's happening to somebody else. Yes. Uh, I don't know. That that seems – I've never had a kidney stone. Uh, seems terrible. That seems – the way people describe it may be the worst thing. Yeah. No, I well, mean, I, for a man, I think. Right. Women can have worse things, but men – Because I don't even – what are you What are you even rooting for there? You're rooting for – just passing it, but that's not going to be fun either. No, and it, and and I think they well, I think they could sometimes use like can they use like radar or laser or something to explode it? Yeah, they, but I think that's even worse somehow. Oh, it is. Because then that hurts, and then you still have to. I don't know. Oh my I mean, goodness! You should have him on as no, he's doing no. It. Oh, as he's doing it, yeah. Because I was going to say in any other circumstances, I don't <laughs> like really... live from uh, wherever he chooses to pass this thing. How do you know it's passing though, or are you like this might be the time, but maybe it's not? Uh, I think it might be a little bit like childbirth, where you're pretty sure. Okay. But uh, yeah, I've never I've never given birth or passed the kidney stone. Yeah, you're well. There's one you're almost certainly not likely to do. We'll leave that till next episode though. Okay. Uh, and comedy dates upcoming. Are there any that I need to know? I know that Louie is starting at some point. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm going to a, a Todd Berry show actually in about. Uh, Six hours from now. Is he doing exclusively crowd work there? He is, yes. This is oh. his final, uh, I think he's doing like five dates Midwest crowd, crowd work tour. Yeah, okay. And uh, But is there anything else I need to know about uh, shows or whatever that I sh- hmm. should, should be watching? Well, I don't I... know. Have you watched, uh, I would say my new favorite show, have you watched Broad City? Broad Comedy City? Stuff? No, I haven't watched Broad City. I don't know if it's available online. I don't know what the France situation is, but yeah, that's a uh, that's a great show. Isn't that uh, this like maybe uh, Amy Poehler produced that or something? Yes, and also uh, a a, a uh, supporting character is Hannibal Burris, oh. who is actually like really good in the show. Uh, and it is a uh, I don't know. I'd like to see more uh, comedy shows based around uh, female characters. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, I think, accomplish uh, going mainstream enough that people aren't like, well, this is like where they don't have to compare it to, you know, let's say girls just because it's the only uh, other thing with women in it. Right. Where this is just, wow, this is a great show. And uh, I realize I defeated my own point by bringing up the fact that they're, you know, female. No, I don't necessarily think so. I will say on the topic of uh, ladies in comedy, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I'm a big fan of Inside Amy Schumer. Yes, that's a great show too. Yeah, she is a she is a razor sharp, ruthless. I saw, I saw her. Uh, we might already talked about this. Yeah, I, I saw her at the, yeah. at the casino here. I don't know six months ago or something. She was by far the best. There was like a four comedians, three of them more well known than her at the time, and she uh, was by far the best one. She has a sort of a, a, an electric an electricity to her. That yeah, is, uh, that is a lot of fun to to experience. But yeah, watch. Uh, I don't know how you can get it. Broad City. I could. I might be able to find it on yield internet. Yeah, some kind of illegal something. I'm not saying that. Anyway, listen. 
Uh, Gleeman, let's say goodbye, um, not to each other necessarily right away, but for the sake of the uh, audience, and then we will say goodbye pretty soon after that. Okay, goodbye, Internet. Well, no, I'm going to say I'm going to say thank you, Aaron Gleeman, and you say thank you for having me. So that sort of thing. Uh, okay. Yeah. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, Aaron Gleeman. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me, Carson. Okay, that's great. That has been Aaron Gleeman of uh, NBC's Hardball Talk, and also of AaronGleeman.com, and also of uh, popular internet or internet podcasts, Gleeman and the Geek. I'm Carson Stooley, and this has been Fangraphs Audio. Does that seem right? I stepped on your line, though. Yeah, sorry. Okay.